Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Denver inbounds and the final seconds tick away. The season series comes to conclusion. Kings won the first two. Denver wins the last two. So an eight-game losing streak now for Sacramento. And Denver improves their record to 31 and 35. The Kings slide to 25 and 41. Well, let the madness begin. Actually, it's already begun, hasn't it, for the Sacramento Kings? But we're in March. March Madness coming to Golden One Center. I'm Jason Ross. Welcome in to Locked on Kings. I know we're going to focus on Kings today, but Sunday they have the selection show. And me personally, I'm still excited that UCLA is coming to Golden One Center in Sacramento. Do you see the eight teams that are heading to Sacramento? You got Oregon versus Iona. Also, Creighton to take on Rhode Island, Cincinnati versus the Wake Forest, Kansas State winner, and then UCLA and Kent State. Fourth time the tournament has been in Sacramento, obviously first time at Golden One Center. I think you can expect this to be a pretty regular thing every three to four years now that they've got this beautiful new building. And if any of you have ever been to the tournament, it's awesome. It's absolutely fantastic. That's going to be a great host, and it should be a lot of fun coming up on Friday and Sunday of this week with the tournament coming to Sacramento. But again, uh, I know we've done it on our mailbag and different things. A lot of you may not watch college basketball throughout the entire year. Some of you might, but this is a lot of the times where people catch in, uh, check up on it too, where you're looking at your brackets, you're looking at teams you like, and then start to look at players because the Kings, uh, sadly, based on how they've been playing in this current eight-game losing streak, have themselves uh, moving up, I guess you could say, with their lottery chances. Not that anybody's looking forward to that, but they are currently the sixth worst record in the NBA. Only Brooklyn, the Lakers, Phoenix, Orlando, and Philadelphia have worse records than the Sacramento Kings now that they've lost eight in a row. We'll talk more about that coming up. Also, we're going to look at the weekend recap for the Kings. All here on Locked on Kings. Again, follow us on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, all the different places to find us. And tell a friend, let them know we are out there each and every day, Monday through Friday, talking about the NBA and talking about the Sacramento Kings. But let's look back at the rare home and home for the Sacramento Kings and also look ahead to the Monday game against the Orlando Magic. We'll kind of start in order, though. And what a great game it was Friday at Golden One Center between the Kings and the Washington Wizards. Lawson working against Jennings on the right wing. Hands it off to Garrett. Slashes left. Needs a pass in the post. Skill. Finberg's on the jam. That was not an easy catch on that bounce pass in the pocket. But he gathered it, went up at the same time. We've talked how he's a such a quick leaper. Lawson with a drive and drops a pass in the post. Saved by LeBissier. Stumbles to the floor. Saves it. Tips it out to McLemore. McLemore with a hot potato. Feeds it out to Garrett Temple. Looks right. Drives it hard left. Trying to find the seam. Ball deflected. Grabbed by Tolliver. Baseline jam. Anthony Tolliver coming hard from in front of the Kings bench. That wasn't a pretty sequence, but the Kings got two. 
Bogdanovich trying to free up. He's in three-point range. Challenged by Tolliver. Now he advances with an aggressive dribble, and the ball stripped away. It's grabbed by McLemore, leads it out to Lawson. Lawson feeds it back to Men. Lift off, score! Big time jam thrown down by Ben McLemore. And what a spark he has provided in the last three minutes for Sacramento. Ten points now for Ben McLemore, and it's 95-80, to 80, and that's the biggest lead the Kings have had in this ball game. Still got plenty of time. Drives, finds the seam, up and down, wrap around, gives to Scal. There's the baseline jam. Nicely timed. Scal gets the high percentage opportunity on a nice wrap around assisting pass from Ty Lawson. 103 to 92, back to a double digit lead. Beal in three point range on the left wing. He steps left, gets inside the two point arc, then he pulls it back out to three point range. Shot clock down to three. Fakes the crossover, steps back. Long two is good. Beal does it again. He was straddling the three point line. The step back with time expiring on the possession makes it 114 112. He has 16 in the quarter. He has 33 in the ball game. The inbounds pass goes to Collison. He's on the wing on the left side. Goes baseline, sets up Pauly Star again to the rim. The third consecutive possession, but a different look this time. And the Kings have tied the score at 116. 22nd timeout taken by Scott Brooks. Kings went very quickly in that situation. And how about Darren Collison with the double-double tonight? It's his second of the year. He has 14 points and now 10 assists. Pauly Stein has a double-double with 20 points and 13 rebounds. Tied at 160. John Wall puts the ball in his hands and heads up the floor. Otto Porter races toward the left corner. Bradley Beal is positioned in the right corner. Back pick set on the perimeter as Wall comes near side. Four seconds, three seconds. Shake, step back over Cauley Stein. In and out. It's no good and time has expired. We're going to go to overtime for the second time between these clubs this year. Wall had a pretty good look on the shake move, and it was down to the last two ticks on the clock. It rimmed up. Wizards with the ball now on the two-point lead. Clock's down to a minute 10 to play here in overtime. Here's a high alley-oop set up. Markeith Morris delivers on the alley-oop pass. Coming from John Wall on the left wing. 126-122. It's the biggest lead of the night for the Washington Wizards. A four-point advantage. Well, for the second time this year, the Kings lose to the Wizards in overtime. This one was all about the fourth quarter meltdown for Sacramento. They played so well. In fact, Kings jumped out to a great start. Buddy Heald was awesome in the first half at 18. Unfortunately, he didn't score again. You had 68 points for the Kings at halftime. The first half, that was their season best. And they followed it up with a good third quarter, scoring 29. Had a 15-point lead going into the fourth but only scored 19 points, a little too much wall, a little too much Beal. And then when they went overtime, Kings were just outworked 14-6. to Aflala was the only one that scored in the extra session. Kings got another 20-point score, so the third time that has happened to them since the trade. Willie did it the first game. Tyreek did it against San Antonio. Willie gets it again. Buddy Heald, though, as we mentioned, at 18 at half, didn't score again. Collison had a double-double. Aflalo had 18. Double figures off the bench from McLemore and Tolliver. But it wasn't enough as the Wizards win that one, 130 to 122. And you start to think about where the record could be. Obviously, this is, you know, slip sliding away. The playoffs mathematically, sure. I mean, yes, it can happen. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not. But uh, you look at where it maybe has gone wrong. Eight overtime games this year, two and six. 
in those extra sessions, including getting a season sweep by Washington in those extra minutes. So that was how Friday night went. Then the Kings had to bounce back and take on Denver the very next night. Remember the third time out of the first nine games of the the post-All-Star break, they're taking on Denver, and Denver's really rolling. They started to get hot. And if you look at the last time they played Denver, first game out of the break, that's the last time the Kings won. Uh, Jokic wasn't very good. There was so much uncertainty on on what Coach Malone was going to see from the Sacramento Kings because he didn't know what the roster would look like. Well, the Kings kind of surprised him there. But on Saturday, not much surprise. It ended up being all Denver. Backdoor cut by Will Barton. Opponent hangs on to it. Gives it up to Harris in rhythm, shooting for three and scoring the three. The Gary Harris show is now unfolding here in Sacramento. He has now scored 20 points. His season high, a career high, 26, two games ago against the Washington Wizards. Here's Scal. Oh, an explosive move for a power jam in the feed from Ty Lawson. He just powered his way above the iron and threw that one down emphatically, 77-71. King said, yeah, give me some more of that. Murray with a little give and go, driving, uncontested, blocked at the rim. Who was that? Was that Garrett Temple that got up there? It was. And the ball ended up being wedged between the backboard and the rim. And this crowd just came to its feet, many of them. What a spectacular recovery by Garrett Temple on the block. And all Murray could do was just look up and smile because he had gone to the full windmill mode and he was denied. Garrett Temple. I had no idea he had that kind of leaping ability. Perfect timing. Nelson. Pulls it back using some clock. Takes it out on the wing. Crosses to his right. Up and under move. Kick out pass. Comes to Gallinari for three. And that's a dagger right there. I know it's early. 4.45 to go. But it's now a 12-point lead for Denver. As Danilo Gallinari, who's had a very quiet night, hits his first three-pointer. He now has 11. But more importantly, Denver leads by 12. It's Jokic with a step back for three. And he scores it. Is there anything this young kid can't do? He shoots on the deep perimeter. He can post. He rebounds. He's a terrific passer, third best big man passer in the NBA. Well, and in this game, Jokic was much better. He had 20 and 14. Gary Harris, as you heard in the highlights, he had 24. Most of that coming in the third quarter. Fourth quarter, the rookie Jamal Murray was good. He had 14. Gallinari added 15 in the win for Denver. On the Kings side of things, again, I think coaches. Trying to mix it up, playing a lot of different guys. Tyreek was back in the mix. He played uh, basically everybody down the roster with the exception of Ben McLemore. I still kind of ponder and wonder about that, if it might be easier to stick to nine and kind of rotate that on a nightly basis just to get more minutes for the guys you play, probably get more production out of the guys that play. But, I, I mean, I can't really fault the coach as far as when you look at young guys I'm looking forward to get minutes. Buddy started, played 30. Willie played 35. Scal got uh, 19, almost 20. I mean, maybe you could see a little bit more from those guys a little. But, he, he, you know, it's tough when they're competing. They're in a lot of these games, but just not getting enough done. On the Saturday game, the Denver game, some of the big problems that, ish, that rolled uh, were factors into this one that reared their ugly head. Turnovers, again, for the Kings, not a high number, but the amount of points they gave up off them and what they forced, they didn't score off. Uh, fourth quarter, you know, the Kings had made it again, a two-point game, 79-77, nine minutes to go, then completely outplayed. And then free throws also hurt uh, Sacramento. But let's get some coach and player reaction. We start with Dave Yeager, his thoughts on the loss. 
we looked heavy-legged, uh, made some mental uh, mistakes and some physical mistakes. But, you know, Denver's playing very, very well. Uh, they cut they, well. They pass well. Uh, they've got some good young ball players. Gary Harris is a player that I've, I've really liked for a long time. And I didn't realize he had, he had a very easy 24. I thought he was, he was uh, really in a nice rhythm. Jamal Murray's coming along. And, uh, and obviously, uh, Jokic is a multidimensional player. So... Uh, best of luck to them. Uh, you know, I can't pick which one I hope, but I think uh, the, Mike's doing a great job with that team. Team's coming along uh, very well, and uh, if anybody's uh, deserving, uh, you know, they, they're very deserving of that last spot. Coach, with this being eight straight losses for you guys, the guys on the floor, that the, their demeanor seems um, good. They seem positive. What is the conversation like with you in the midst of this losing streak between them? Yeah, I, I, the only people talking about the losing streak is like the media, I think. I mean, we don't talk about it. I hear people walking around up in the office going, oh, we really need this one. And I, look, we're going out and playing as hard as we can. Our guys are playing as hard as they can. I mean, one lady was like, are we going to have a big guy out there tonight? And I was like, this is, you know what I mean? This is, <laughs> our guys are fighting. And uh, if we're playing Scal and Anthony together or whatever, and, that, and that's no detriment. This is, you know, how come they keep posting up? Well, this is what it is. And uh, guys are fighting. And we have Aaron Flalos playing small forward against the guys that are 6'8", six, 6'. Six. This just is what it is. And so uh, our guys are in there fighting like crazy. They know what it is. And, and, and losing still hurts. And uh, you always celebrate when you win, no matter, if, you know, what your record is. So uh, we don't, uh, we don't talk. It has not come up one time. Will there be, uh, do, you th- do you think at this point now, um, any kind of shift in playing more of those young guys in terms of, I don't know, even, I, I know you've gotten creative with some of the lineups that you've had out there, but is it kind of, a, even at this point, a little bit different than maybe the past week or so, just given where everything is? As far as what? I guess just in terms of you guys going forward, obviously, like she mentioned, the eight straight and kind of getting longer in the tooth here in the season. To, I mean, kind of distancing yourself from that eight spot. And is there any anything in your mind that you'll change to try and no. do more? No. I mean, these guys are playing. I mean, played Buddy Heald 30 minutes. I played uh, Willie Cauley-Stein 35 and a half. I played Scal 20. Uh, you know, should I could play them 48, but that's not, I don't think that's what's best for their, best for them. Just look at Buddy starting the last couple of games, and it's kind of it's like his scoring has been pretty consistent. What have you kind of been able to learn about him and what he does well for you right now? Uh, He really shoots it. You know, if he gets a window, uh, gets a clean look, uh, he can really shoot it, and uh, I think that's fantastic. Coach, how nice is it that some of these young players are actually earning their minutes when you're you're giving them some? Oh, it's super. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying to compete and. Uh, some guys are having uh, some struggles, but also some guys have been playing a lot of minutes throughout the course of the year and getting worn down a little bit. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll just keep rotating through and uh, guys getting good experience. When you look at a guy like Scal, do people maybe not understand or not maybe get how tough it is to go from playing a lot of games in the D League then all of a sudden going and, say, playing 30 minutes in an NBA game? Just with the physicality and the level of competition? I don't know. He's a pretty talented kid. He's uh, it's he's a couple of years away, and just got to keep putting your work in every day. Well, a couple of comments from the coach I find interesting. I, I'm sure there was something to do about the heavy legs, five games and seven nights, and it's going to be six and nine when you get to Monday's game. But uh, talked about how good Gary Harris was, kind of a quiet player this year, but he's had a good season, had that easy 24. And then the losing streak, that they're not focused on it, players aren't talking about it. But once it starts to get up to where it is now at eight in a row, 
And that really does start to weigh on you. And if it, if it doesn't happen with Orlando, then you got Phoenix on the road, OKC, San Antonio. You just don't want it to start to get into that 9-10 double-digit number. I mean, it's just it just weighs on you. You want the reward. They're playing hard. They're not getting victories, though. That's what's been uh, difficult for this team to take. And then probably the, the most telling thing I think Coach said, and it's something that you see a lot, the team is small. It's not really a big team. Um, they have, to, and I'm not just talking about inside, but you're, you're playing a Flalo guarding a lot of threes. We're seeing uh, Temple maybe have to do that. Between losing Omri, Barnes, Rudy, I mean, three t- kind of taller perimeter guys, uh, they added more shorter wings, I would say, and, and or moving twos to threes. That's been difficult. And then, you know, Cousins was a guy that controlled a lot of the paint and could control a lot of the paint. So I think that's kind of taking its effect on points in the paint, rebounding, uh, presence in the paint, and then some of the matchups they have on the perimeter, uh, some of those bigger guys backing down some of the smaller guards for the Kings. All right, how about Scal Labissier? Uh, Scal, again, continuing to get more minutes, continuing to show a pretty bright future. If you look at Scal's weekend, the totality of it, on Saturday, uh, Scal came in and on his uh, 14 minutes at 8 points, 5 rebounds. Excuse me, that was Friday. And then Saturday against Denver, Scal uh, came back with a 7.5 rebound, one assist performance. And here's Scal with the media after that loss on Saturday. I think so. Uh, I thank God for that. Is your confidence growing with every one of these appearances that you're getting? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, just got it's a matter of taking it, you know, game by game. You learn something new every single game. Every single game, it's not the same. It's different. So uh, I, tr- I just try to go out there and, you know, give it my best effort. You missed a couple of free throws tonight. How much does that bug you? <laughs> it's going to help you a little bit. I don't usually miss free throws like that. But, you know, you have those nights where everything is kind of short. You know, it's just a matter of going back to the gym like I've always been doing. You know, whether they go in or not, I'm still going to be working. So just try to move on. Scout, uh, when you guys were making that run in the fourth quarter, um, Malone put in Plumley and uh, Jokic. Did that kind of, you know, kind of, you know, shift things up on you guys because they were playing? Uh, I don't know if that, that was the problem. Uh, you know, they just made a run, that's all. I mean, it didn't matter really who they had on the court. It was about us getting on the same page and, you know, learning how to finish finish our games. But here's my takeaway from Scal. I mean, all these are valuable experiences right now for Scal here. Going through this, the game he started, coming off the bench, missing free throws. Those are all important things that he has to go through some late turnovers. Valuable, valuable minutes. That's, yes, he can get it in the D League, but now that he's getting at the highest level, you could just see where there is a bright future coming his way as long as he has a great summer coming up. All right, now the Kings. What do they have next? Here's the week ahead, as we said. Later on the week, after the Monday game against Orlando, they hit the road for Phoenix, for OKC, for San Antonio. So difficult week, or San Antonio, OKC, excuse me. Difficult week ahead for the Sacramento Kings, but it starts with Orlando. And if we go back to the first meeting between these two teams, it was all the way back on November 3rd. Magic won that one, 102-94, but it's almost useless to bring up that game because second leading scorer that night for the Magic was Serge Ibaka. He's no longer on that team. Top three scores for the Kings that night, Demarcus, Rudy, and Omri Caspi. So it's been a long time since uh, these two teams uh, played. Orlando's a little bit different. Kings certainly are different. Orlando, though, as we mentioned, coming into the game, the Kings' sixth worst record in the league, Brooklyn, Lakers, Phoenix, Orlando, and Philly. Orlando only has 24 wins, but here are the Kings now sitting at 25. And Sacramento's also trying to avoid something they haven't had happen in nearly a decade a nine-game losing streak. The last time that happened, April of 2009. And uh, again, you, you got to avoid those numbers starting to get up that high. It's just it's getting ugly, ugly, ugly. 
for the Sacramento Kings. So we'll see how it goes on the Monday game against Orlando. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap that and much more. We thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kings. As we said, we'll be back again tomorrow as uh, we'll recap the Kings and the Orlando Magic. Follow us on iTunes, Audio Boom, and Stitcher. And we're back tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And the world Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely day Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.